the Gubby Gubby are the traditional custodians of the lands we record this podcast on. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging, as they hold the memories, tradition and culture of this land. We extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Hello, I'm Kate Fisher. Welcome to Milkshakes for Mali, the podcast that tells the survival stories of blood product recipients, to thank donors and to encourage people to donate blood, plasma, platelets and breast milk. This season, we are also telling the stories of donors. Milkshakes for Mali aims to bridge the gap of anonymity between blood donors and their recipients. If you have ever been a donor, you could be the one who saved, prolonged or improved the quality of life of the person that we profile here each week on the podcast. And becoming a donor in the future means that you too could become a part of this story. This week's episode is another of our blood donor episodes, and I'm so excited to be joined by women's physiotherapist and health coach Paula Hindle and four-time Olympic gold medalist, author and podcasting queen Libby Trickett. Paula and Libby have joined forces to create their business called Unlocking Her Potential. One of their offerings is called the Rise Up Program, and one of the elements required of participants is acts of service. Paula and Libby have encouraged their participants to consider blood donation for this element, as they have been so inspired by Marley's story, and also by Rachel Casella and Mackenzie from Mackenzie's Mission. If you haven't heard the story of Mackenzie's mission, please scroll back to episode 13, season two of your podcast feed. This chat is about so much more than just encouraging blood donation. Both Paula and Libby have remarkable stories of overcoming trauma, and they are now combining their energy and the lessons they have learned from these times to support other women. These are my kind of people. If you would like to know more about their program, I'll pop a link in the show notes. And also just a note to say that this isn't a sponsored episode. I pay for my membership to access Paula and Libby's content. Um, I just think they are incredible women doing a really important work um, and they're just so important to the lives of fellow Australians. So I'll pop a link in the show notes. But I just want to put a warning at the top of this episode that this chat is much looser than the usual episodes that I record. There is so much energy and humour and general chaos. Three big personalities on one podcast. It can be a lot, but I dare you to listen to this and not leave with a huge smile on your face. So on the topics of Olympic team relays, women, mental health and pelvic floors, identity and career pivots, moments of everyday pure joy with a side order of clitoris appreciation and fanny farts. I give you my sweary and chaotic episode with Paula Hindle and Libby Trickett. Today we welcome blood donors and all-round epic humans, Libby Trickett and Paula Hindle to the Milkshake Somali community. Welcome ladies. Thank you so much for having us, Kate. It's awesome to be here. Thank you. Um, and just a warning to our listeners that I'm often a little bit sweary. And if you guys are familiar with Liv and Paula, they are also just a little bit sweary. And I'm not going to ask them 
to in any way censor themselves in this interview today. So if you've got the crazy round, might be a good idea to pop those headphones in because it's going to be a raw and real one and we're going to show up for exactly who we are here today. Um, and we're not censoring this episode at all. So full warning. Has been given. Oh, you're our people. <laughs> yeah, you get it. You get it. I get it. I fucking get it. Yeah. Um, uh, we have been trying <laughs> Ice is broken. <laughs> We've been trying to pull this interview together um, all year and through a com- comedy of errors, including sick kids, my random acute pancreatitis the night before we were supposed to record this months ago, texting late at night from hospital rooms, um, and my acute imposter syndrome. Um, we have finally pulled it together. And so I'm so thrilled to have you both on the show. Welcome. I love that we're all kind of small business owners and you texted me this morning and you're like, don't know if you have any time, but today, do you have time today? And I'm like, yeah, we do. Let's do it. And after months and months of like back and forth, we finally got it done. And Libby literally just told me. She's like, oh, oh, we're doing a podcast like now. It's on now. What do you mean now? We're all completely prepared. It's completely fine. We're all good. As I said, we are showing up exactly who we are and how we are. There's no... And no like, Paul just kind of understands how I work now, yeah. which is like that. I'm very much the same. Yeah. Yeah. I said in the rest of that text message that I unexpectedly found myself with a free afternoon, which undoubtedly means that I have forgotten to be somewhere or do something because this <laughs> never happens. So. But, but we're doing it. So everything. <laughs> Um, Paula, I am going to start off with you. Um, you are an integrative health coach, women's health physio, um, who describes herself as a wellness warrior, sprinkling health, joy, and positivity and love. Um, so you will be right home on this podcast because that is exactly what we try to do here. Um, oh. Can you tell me a little bit about why women's health is your passion? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I originally was just thrown into this area when I was a physio student, really. Uh, You know, one of my first placements was uh, in women's health. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, thrown in with women on the obstetric and gynae wards. And, um, you know, my background was exercise physiology. So they threw me into teaching, you know, mum and bub classes and pregnancy classes, which just was, you know, a no brainer for me because it was my background. And I think it was just my first, um, real exposure to how amazing women are Mm. and the things that we go through, um, the transitions in life that we go through, how our physical body changes, um, just so much there's just so much I just think women are just so amazing (laughs) I really do (laughs) and 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 the older I get actually the more I you know I can be driving along the street and I'll just see a random you know (laughs) middle-aged or older woman and I just think I wonder what she's been through you know like we all have a story every woman has a story and I just think when we really all um just break down our barriers and come together we can really support each other and lift each other up and and, yeah it's a big thing that Libby and I are passionate about that you know we don't need to be competing there's more than one place at the table for us all and um we're just more powerful when we come together and lift each other up and I think that like in a nutshell is why we've come together we've come together because Mm -hmm. it's excuse me it's been so interesting to be on this journey with Paula because it's just like, it's like we're amplified, mm. you know, like we felt, we felt strong and kind of 
sure of ourselves beforehand mm. in different ways but then we were able to come together and like oh like we just every day we kind of want to get up mm. and help women achieve mm. their best and yeah. unlock all of that hidden potential that we all push way way down because you know of conditioning and life traumas and mm. you know childhood experiences and all of these things mm. that hold us mm. back every single oh, day even you leading off with you know imposter syndrome I mean you know? <laughs> We all have it too. So I love when people own that and are wrong. Mm. I, you know, I said that to Libby. Oh my god, I got asked to do this thing. I've got severe imposter syndrome. Literally, God. Literally today, we had an inquiry about a workshop for us to do, and we're like, "Do we do that? Can we do that?" Yes. So we we slap each other around. Go, stop it. (laughs) Big question should be when. How are we going to fit that into the craziness of our worlds? (laughs) I know how busy you guys are, Um, and this is totally a side note um but in a previous life I was a sex therapist and I've worked in sexual and reproductive health for a very very long time um and it made me think so much about the connection when you were saying then about seeing every woman and every woman has a story and what a Mm. connection that that story has to your pelvic floor function and the way that you can experience in life not just sexually but I mean in so many other things like in terms of your continence and the way that you move and the way that you trust your body to move and feel strong and even those things and ability to receive and and all of those things yeah absolutely oh my god speaking don't even that's a different (laughs) whole another podcast literally like talk about that stuff for hours let's do a whole other episode on that then we'll flag that one for another day (laughs) <laughs> things we really want to put into our rise up membership when that's finally launched in hopefully a week or so just so much around pelvic health and connection and your mm. all of those things well one of the things for for us in unlocking her potential is about the five pillars of health yes. right so physical emotional mental, mental spiritual and sexual mm. and you're only as strong as that kind of weakest pillar and often for women <clears throat> sexual the lowest you know yes obviously physical yes obviously mental Mm -hmm. emotional like all those things are very obvious yeah but like because it's not talked about and there's so much shame around it shame and and like you know yeah exactly and if you like sex then you're a bit of a slut or Mm -hmm. if you you know want to have good sex then Mm. I don't know you're a pussy yeah yeah and can we get there's something wrong with you yeah could we get past the idea that mismatched libido is the biggest problem as well because women should be having their own sexual pleasure with or without a partner and regardless of what their (laughs) libido looks like you know this was one of the big challenges that I had when I had you know I was seeing clients in my sex therapy practice was people would come and they would say you know he wants to have more sex than me you know I'm concerned about his masturbation or his porn watching or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and it was really understanding that triad that you know you've got your sexuality he's got his sexuality and then when we bring those things together we have our sexuality together but they were separate things to start with Mm -hmm. and you should maintain your own sexuality like outside the sexual relationship that you have with your partner you know whether hetero same-sex relationships or whether you are unpartnered and you're just having a great time by yourself because it's such an important part of your own well-being and also it allows you I mean Paula can speak to this much more um knowledgeably but but like if you explore your own body then you learn what you like and then you're able to communicate and articulate the things that you want and need Mm. and that's something that you know Mm. translates to everything so much if you don't know what you want yes. what it is, is we're not 
we're not taught growing up that sex is supposed to be pleasurable for a woman. Yes. We're taught so much about the reproductive cycle and, and it in terms of pregnancy and fertility and all of that, mm. but not that sex and intimacy should be pleasurable for a woman. Mm. Hello, we have the clitoris, like oh the, the only organ in the body that is purely for pleasure, right? How good is the clitoris? We're supposed to receive pleasure. How good is the clitoris? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can we have a moment uh, for the clitoris? <laughs> I think we're done. Liv, you are going to be quoted as saying that in all sorts of places, completely out of context. Oh, I mean, did you hear our Insta live? Let me check day? it. How good is the clitoris? I mean, she's got all the lines. <laughs> Life is good. All right, moving on to you now, Liv, and I struggle to call you Libby Trickett because I keep going to want to call you Libby Lenton and that is absolutely <laughs> showing my age absolutely showing my age and the times that I was watching you swimming um just gonna own it and be low-key fangirling for part of this episode and this interview and it's probably not for the reasons that you would imagine that I would be um of course I've followed your remarkable swimming career as all good Aussies have um and it's been such a joy to watch you morph from a world swimming star Michael Phelps beating swimming star regardless of what the record books do say um to your life beyond swimming motherhood and now your amazing career pursuits um and it's those that have really fascinated me seeing that transition and that pivot um and that's probably what I admire the most about you so thank you for inspiring women to do that and to find their new passions and their new identity um your book beneath the surface changed the trajectory of my life and I do not say that lightly um and for some context you'll like this bit um I read it straight after I read Andre Agassi's Open Oh, cool. Um, which is the yeah, most okay. fascinating insight into sports psychology um, and the difference between individual and team sports. And I know that team sports really aren't your thing, so you would probably love it have you not read it. Um, but when I got to the chapter, um, we are trying to get to the gym because you need, knew you needed to go for your mental health and you just needed a fucking minute to yourself. Um, people should buy it and just read that bit, if nothing else. I actually tried to find it to have it up while we were having this interview today, and I've obviously lent it to someone, which which is great for your story to get out there, but not so great for your book sales because I gave it to someone and didn't get them to buy it themselves. <laughs> Sorry about that. We are we do book club around here. Books are between people. Um, but I got to the bit. Your there's some very significant vocalization from you and your daughter in the car, um, and it was one of the most normalizing, grounding, raw, and honest and gritty things that I've ever read. And it was exactly what I needed in that moment. And it gave me permission to go to the GP to get a mental health plan um, and to stop being such a bitch to myself. And I subsequently ended up with a diagnosis of PTSD from the trauma that I had birthing my daughter. Um, and it's completely changed my life because I've accepted the fact that there's a chemical imbalance in my brain, you know, and no amount of being awful to myself is going to change that. But some medication and some great lifestyle stuff where I'm kind to myself has completely changed who I am and what I'm doing. So apart from clitorises, thank you so much. <laughs> and also for the clitoris. But also for the clitoris. For that, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, and just amazing to watch you transition through so many life pivots. So how you spent so much of your life describing yourself as an athlete, how would you describe yourself now? Can I just take, take a moment and just like, yeah. <laughs> thank you for that. That's like everything that I could have ever wanted when writing that book because yeah. um, the asking for help is the hardest thing mm. to do. Yeah. Ever you're in those moments and you're in that dark 
place because you feel like a failure anyway and you feel like, you know, nothing is ever going to go right and to, uh, you know, realise that you need to ask for help is the scariest, most vulnerable thing you'll ever do. It's the bravest thing anyone will ever do. Um, and so, yeah, that, like, you just absolutely made my year. <laughs> just knowing that, you know, one person has gone and got the help that they needed mm. because of, uh, uh, you know, my experience is just everything. So thank you. Um, you're going to have to repeat your question because I was just too busy <laughs> living in the It was more about how um, you describe yourself now. You were an athlete for such a long time. How would you describe yeah. yourself now? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thing, right? Like it's a, I, I wear many hats. I mean, that's the reality. And for a long time, I, when I first retired from swimming, I wanted to get away from Libby Trickett, the swimmer, mm. or Libby Lenton, the swimmer, as yeah. you yeah, remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was no longer this world-beating athlete. Um, I didn't want to be her anymore. And mm. I didn't know, but I didn't know how to identify myself outside of that. And, you know, so many of the things that we do have titles and names and we need to understand what it is that we are and what we do. And the reality is, is I'm all of those things. Yeah. I was Libby Trickett, the swimmer and yeah, I'm a wife and yeah, I'm a mother and, you know, I'm a small business owner now and I'm a podcaster. I'm, I'm a, a student. Mm. Um, as you know, you're, you're studying as well. And yeah, it's yeah. Like, that we all wear many hats and we all have many roles but um uh, this is going to sound super woo-woo but I've just come off the back of my yoga teacher training so just bear with me yeah you um, all you like I the 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 thing um the the greatest thing that I have learned about myself is that I'm whole yeah uh, there's loads of pieces of me there's loads of you know, different titles and experiences that I've had and all of that makes me whole and yeah. that's who I am. And don't you just wish, that's going to make me cry, don't you just wish you could have tapped that woman in the car on the way to the gym when everything was too hard and on the shoulder and just said to you, her, you know, you were whole when you were standing there having a gold medal put over your neck. You are whole here embracing this experience and you will continue to be whole. For all You're of them, gonna make me cry. Yeah, we're all gonna cry. It's gonna we're be a right. 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 isn't it? Um, yeah, 100%. I wish you know, a thousand times over. As well, we all have those experiences, right? There are all we all have those moments where we don't feel like we're enough, like we're not worthy of love or attention or to ask for what we need or you know, that we're not worthy of finding our passion and our purpose, um, whatever that looks like for you. But mm. we are, we're all whole. And mm. it's a matter of like we're whole when we're born and then somehow we get broken up along mm. the way mm. through experiences and traumas mm. and terrible things that can happen in our lives. And it's a journey mm. of coming back. Coming back. Mm. It's, it's mm. uh, the, I saw a beautiful mm. quote the other day, um, I'm going to be learning relearning and unlearning and that's how we become whole mm. oh, I'm just taking a moment to sit with that that is beautiful that is just mm. so beautiful thank you um and clitoris and the clitoris, <laughs> and the clitoris. Yeah. while we're having our moment just to say <laughs> the beauty of your wisdom 
let us have a word the clitoris. Bring it back. <laughs> back to your intention. Your offerings are so diverse in your program. Um, and I've loved watching that evolve as you guys have been building the business and really getting the feedback from the people that have engaged in it and really working with what your community wants and needs. And I think that's the best thing that any business owner can do or anyone who you know, is in this kind of profession is to look at who your people are and what they need. And people are just flocking to um, unlocking her potential. So you really focus on getting women to question their purpose, their strengths, their direction, their identity. What would someone who's only finding out about you guys for the first time today find um, about your offerings and what you do? Oh, it's funny, like even when we did an IGTV, uh, what do you call it, IG Live just before, we were talking about loneliness and being alone mm. and the difference. And it's funny, Libby piped up and said, it's just coming back to the same thing it's again. You know? So we, thing. yeah, we did. We started with our Rise Up program where we took people through a process of, you know, creating their vision and, um, you know, discovering their purpose and what they want from life and all of those things. But we then probably went on to our next program because really you just need to have that self-love. And like mm. Libby just said, that discovery that I am whole. And so it's it's like we've started in this particular area that's so important and we mm. love, we're both goal setters and vision oh, creators yeah. and all of those and, things. And, you know, identifying self-limiting beliefs, like they're mm. all really important things. Yeah. But it starts it's, with self-love. It's got to come back to self-love. And the sad thing is we just aren't taught that, you no. know, unfortunately. We're not taught to love ourselves and... If you are a woman that stands up saying, I'm good at this, this is my skill, this is my this, this is my that, we almost have this fear of, oh, my God, what's someone going to think of me if I get up and spruik that this is my skill or my talent? Mm. You know? it, it's been interesting. Um, I'm saying interesting a lot, but, like, it, it's I find everything fascinating. At yeah. <laughs> um, I have spent a lot of my life, trying to be small because like I didn't want to get too much attention like you know I don't want to be seen as better than anybody it must be slightly hard when you kind of have four Olympic gold medals, yeah right? yeah because <laughs> and people have this expectation that you're a certain type of person right and so I um have it was, I was on a zoom call just before we we jumped on here and I heard myself in that moment go oh and this is my superpower and like Never in a million years would I have ever said that. But yes. coming from an arrogant place or a place of like, oh, I'm better than people because of this particular trait and this superpower that I have that kind of came naturally to me. Mm -hmm. But we all have superpowers. We all have things that are our strengths and we all yes. have things that, are, that make us great at particular things. And, yes, of course, we all have weaknesses as well. Mm -hmm. But we can stand in that. We can yes. stand I was sitting across from Libby actually and that I um I kind of stopped and started listening to her because I was working away on my own computer and I thought oh my god I love this what's she gonna say what is she gonna <laughs> say because mm. I actually love hearing women say that and yes. it's so beautiful when a woman can really stand in her own power and yeah. own that and yeah. it's not like I'm better than you no. it's not like we're better than anybody absolutely for, not for, for different reasons it's like we're all here and we all mm. have superpowers and I love that. That's yeah. how 
vision really with unlocking her potential we want everyone to one identify what their superpowers are Mm. but then to to stand in it because we just truly believe when every woman can identify it and stand in her own power it lifts all of us up if we're all delivering to the our best we all rise up together yeah that's that's why we called our program rise up because we Mm. want all women to do that yeah so yeah it's our offering to the world yeah we, we i mean basically bottom line we just want to make the world a better place <laughs> <laughs> well, we can stop right here <laughs> well, please, that's all. You're always there. You're always there. also discovering the clitoris also, the- also discovering when you were talking about self-love before it was such a beautiful moment and a beautiful thing right? when you were saying said self-love twice i was like don't say hashtag clitoris and upset this audio always always say hashtag clitoris at every time i mean i like a bit of self-love it's very important um your offerings are so diverse in your program um and i have logged in for one of the yoga nidra on a sunday night which is just beautiful i was recovering from surgery and having a lot of trouble sleeping and it was just so beautiful like i had the most beautiful sleep afterwards and it's amazing the things that come up in during those when you let your defenses down and you see what's really you know going on inside um guided meditations um you offer beautiful things and then subsequently as you were discussing before I started watching your um live Instagram videos um I made a mistake of doing that a few weeks ago with Marley (laughs) who is our six-year-old you never know what you're gonna get and then I have to explain to her what fanny farts are now (laughs) I was very unimpressed about this because we use appropriate words for body parts in this house and she's like but why would I call my vulva a fanny like why would I say that (laughs) so this ex therapist did me no end of joy explaining that in the car to my six year old. And at least you use the appropriate word eventually. Yeah, yeah well, not it. the bit that she heard. <laughs> all the way over here throughout Fanny Park. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's not the physiological form is not my background. <laughs> <laughs> And look, if only it was if it was only post-sex, wouldn't that make your life a little bit easier to manage? But anyway, I didn't have to go into quite that level of detail. Right. You know, because of your sex therapy. Oh, I know. I don't even need yeah. a therapy to know some of these things. We like to cover the big topics. It's important. <laughs> yeah. But we want no topic off limit. Yeah. No. We be able to talk about everything. Absolutely and I, not. And, and I we... think that's Yeah, sorry, I was just gonna say, I think that's exactly right. Like I mean, just like we're having in this conversation, mm. you, know, you can talk about having PTSD and you can talk mm. about having postnatal depression or, you know, having to go and ask for help because you're in a really dark place. And then we can talk about clitoris. And yeah, absolutely. Love and fanny farts. And, and that is like, the complex humans that we are. We're all doing all of the things all of the time. Um, so, Paula, you were saying before you were talking about seeing the woman in the street um, and you deal with people across such a wide variety of ages and different life stages. Um, can you tell me about how you normalise the changes that happen in women's bodies as they progress through life? Because, you know, we've sort of got that adolescence thing where you know you're going to get your period and you're going to get boobs. People talk a little bit about how much your body changes after you have a baby. but And peri and menopause is starting to become a bit more of a thing. 
there's so many changes that happen across the lifespan of a woman's body and you know very much like our conversation here and how much we're laughing about things and it's such an open forum how do you normalize that for other people I think it's just talking about it really openly, mm. just exactly what you said. So the more I speak about it in groups, it makes it okay and permissible for other people to talk about it as well. So I think the more confidently and openly you use those words like fanny fart and queefing yeah. and mm. perimenopause and estrogen and vagina and all of those and things. Prolapse and yeah, yeah. You can just it's say it. It allows everyone around you to say it. And you know, I'm I'm very open with my kids about it and they mm. talk about things very openly with me, which is so fascinating because I, you know, I was not like that growing up with my family. Mm. So I wanted it to be different. And um mm. Yeah, you know, the gym I coach at, I talk about it on the gym floor. So mm. everyone there, right. even the other coaches, like, oh, God, here goes Paula again goes talking about vaginas and prolapse <laughs> on the lifting platform. Yeah. <laughs> but it's made them more comfortable mm. about talking about mm. it too. So I think it's just more and more people in social media. Um, you it's, know, It's breaking down the shame that we create totally. around these these conversations, yeah. whether it's mental illness or whether it's mm. physical um, manifestations of different issues that we're having, like, let's let's talk about it it's fine yeah, like you said it's all part of the human existence so why there's some things we talk about and some things we cover up you know yeah. why why don't we talk about death why don't we talk about when yes. um, you know we have stillborn babies you know mm. things like that it's it's trying to normalize all of those human experiences mm. Yeah, and regular listeners to the pod will know that we have talked about a lot of those things through our podcast and um, we have three children with additional needs that have neurodevelopmental and physical disabilities and Mm -hmm. I have very much opened the front door to our home and welcomed people into that experience and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, explain my, you know, define myself in one aspect of what I do as being a mother at the helm of a family with additional needs because, so for so long that narrative was around special needs child and that special needs child was kind of put in a box and pushed off to the side. And I think it's important to understand the fact that if there, anyone in our family has, you know, injury, illness, disability, anything going on, it has an impact on all members of the people in the household and, you know, changes the way that they live their lives and all of those things. So opening up that narrative about those things that make us uncomfortable to talk about sometimes totally changes that experience for somebody else and gives them permission. And also like the fact that you are here talking about your experiences and, you know, interviewing people from diverse different backgrounds Mm. who have different experiences as well. Like that's the power of podcasting in my opinion. Like that's the beauty in it because people can access a community or a village that they wouldn't have had access to and Mm. they can feel normal in themselves yeah they can feel seen and heard and understood with people because I'm sure there's loads of people around them and, and as as well around you in your experience there probably wasn't a lot of people who you could necessarily draw off and so no, not at all. that makes you feel isolated right so if we can yeah, start does. to normalize those conversations and allow us to you know give people the ability to ask questions in a really safe environment like I don't know your experience so how do I ask a question that's respectful and makes you feel Mm. understood or seen and loved in all of those things Mm. like even though my experience is different you know Mm. we can resonate and connect in different ways and you know then it just feels 
we can all lift together even though you know your experiences are different to mine and, and mine's different to Paula's and yeah, yeah absolutely mm. and taking people with that intention with where that questioning comes from as well I think that's one thing in the additional needs community that I probably differ with a lot of people is that people get very caught up about the language that people use sometimes when asking those questions but I always try to really focus on the intention of mm-hmm. where that question came from and even if you don't quite use the right terminology people come to you asking for information how they can support better or understand your family better or disability better or whatever if their intention is good then I would never question that you might you know gently correct their language or something but I just you know I want to pull people in yeah and so that leads into my next question as well Lib um being a gold medalist world record holder all of the amazing things that you will forever be is such an individual pursuit Mm. and you talk beautifully about that on all that glitters your other amazing podcast um and it means singling yourself out and being the best in the world which made me laugh so much before when you said that you wanted to appear small and how much much did you put the game face on (laughs) pretty sure we all knew who you were um <laughs> we're complicated <laughs> how have you translated that experience into what you do now where you're normalizing the experience of motherhood and reminding us that we're all in this together so I guess the question really is how have you transitioned from such individual pursuits into now your greatest passion is building community yeah look it's it's an evolution right it's a it's a long-term a uh, series of experiences that kind of lead you to wherever you are at any particular time in your life. But, um, you know, I, I, Paula and I have had the conversation a lot about why elite athletes do what they do and drive themselves yeah. into the ground to achieve what they achieve. And we, it all comes back to trauma. Um, yeah. <laughs> like ultimately, like I, we really believe that a lot of that sort of stuff is driven by a lack like we've we're trying to prove mm. someone to someone that we deserve love mm. or we deserve to be seen or we're heard enough, we're, we're enough we're worthy mm. um and that definitely feels like it was the case for me like that's why mm. I kind of did try to be the best in the world so because somehow that would make me enough um mm. and yeah it's been a really um kind of fascinating journey for me because it's you know I had to kind of break myself down and you know I went through postnatal depression after after Poppy which is the the story you were referring to in my in my book was about and you just all of the experiences that I had when I was swimming the best part the best parts were the moments that I got to share with the other women and it's funny because when I'm when I was in it it was all about an individual gold medal it's all I wanted. Yeah. It's all I wanted was mm. to be the best in the world by myself. And I was so unbelievably lucky that I got to be a part of many successful relay teams. Yeah. And one of my favorite experiences was in, in the four by one medley relay in Beijing where we won gold. And it wasn't because we won gold. It was the experience of sharing that particular moment with those incredible women because we'd all had a fucking roller coaster ride of of an Olympic Games, you know. I'd yeah. 
won the gold medal in the 100 meters butterfly, but got silver by 0.04 in the 100 meters freestyle, which obviously, not obviously, I was devastated about at the time. Yeah. I got fourth yeah. in the 50 freestyle because bloody Kate Campbell um, pipped me at the post and she got third in that, in that 50 that time. And bloody Campbell sisters. Bloody Campbell sisters, why I order. Um, and I, you know, I, I missed a medal in that in the 50 freestyle for the first time ever on the Australian team. And like that for me, I've still never watched that race again because like that holds Mm -hmm. so much disappointment and sadness Mm -hmm. in that experience. Mm -hmm. However, you know, I had 15 minutes to kind of get my head together and I didn't even have time to warm down. I had to go straight into marshalling for the four by one medley relay. And this was a moment, you know, at the peak of my egotistical ways of my ego being like, oh, it must be the best in the world because that's all that matters. And, you know, I had to literally put myself out there and say to these women, I need your help. And, you know, they didn't go, oh, it's okay, you're okay. They literally just embraced me. They, you know, pulled me in gave me one of the most warmest, most generous hugs that I've ever received. And, you know, it was Emily Seabom, Jessica Shipper and Liesl Jones. And, you know, all of them had had their own tumultuous rollercoaster ride of an Olympic Games. You know, Liesl had gotten silver in the 200 breast. Jess had gotten third in both the 100 and 200 butterfly, which she was one of the favourites to win. Um, Em didn't make the 100 backstroke final. I mean, she was like, 12 at the time no she was like 15 but she was like super young so but you know that was obviously devastating to her because she wanted to make the final and we came together in that incredible moment and we laughed and we joked and we danced and we kind of brought the energy together Mm. and you know and I've just seen it subsequently with Paula Mm. we're amplified in that moment Mm. like we're amplified we're coming together, amplify each other. Mm-hmm. And like I just got goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you know, so we, we walked out onto pool deck, M swam a personal best time. Uh, Lisa dove in, personal best relay split. Jess, personal best relay split. And then after like what was one of the worst races of my life, I managed to dig something out, did a personal best relay split. We touched the wall. We won the gold medal. We broke a world record, <laughs> and we we made history. We were the first Australian team, Australian women's team, to go back to back in the four by one medley relay. Like women can fucking do amazing things when we come together. Yes, they can, and it's oh, the, that's got me teary because I've I've watched that race multiple times. And <laughs> hearing you talk about it on all that glitters. <laughs> I've gone back and I've watched that race and it's such a testament to the power of bringing women together and what we can achieve. The power of the hug, giving you the external, but that external measure of your own self-worth that you obviously couldn't find in that Mm. moment, that you'd previously been given by gold medals or personal best times, being given to you. It's obviously imprinted on the woman that you are now because you can feel the warmth in that hug right now is that it journal measure of your own self-worth and it's giving you the ability to go out into the world and do amazing things and 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 that that's exactly right like Mm. before for a million years it was the individual gold medal and the thing that I take away and I value most and I talk about the most 
is that moment. Mm, yeah. And I still get goosebumps yeah. every time. That's what gave me the goosebumps when you were talking about it, not the other gold medals, which were fucking awesome. Which were also cool. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Even the silver ones. Even the silver <laughs> ones were great. I can acknowledge that now. But that moment yeah. is just, it's it's etched into my memory and I think is a really significant moment in the trajectory of my life. And it really yeah. points out what is important in life, Correct. doesn't it? You know, like that just really drives Correct. home mm-hmm. what we actually all want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That connection with each other. Yeah. And that is amazing. Mm. Fucking amazing. It is fucking amazing. You are fucking amazing. <laughs> Together, you two are really fucking amazing <laughs> and really fucking funny too. So if you can't be amazing, <laughs> you get you us. Make you laugh. get us. <laughs> I'm glad um, that, that actually leads in beautifully to what I've written into the end of this episode. And it's totally stealing shamelessly, Lib, the way that you end your All That Glitters episodes. Yay. And for anyone that doesn't know Libby or All That Glitters, um, she asks her guests about a moment in their sporting career that they're most proud of. Could be a gold medal. It could be a quieter moment away from the camos where they've had a personal triumph. Um, can you both give me a snapshot of what that looks like in your day-to-day life now mm-hmm. in those quiet moments, away from the business, away from the cameras, when you've got the front door of your house shut and you're just in your trackies living your best life? What are those moments that you're most proud of? I, I say good question and I'm like, that was, <laughs> I'm oh, not like patting a, myself on the back. Like a moment. Oh, I mean, I, I, I had one yesterday, like for me, it's, uh, I mean, first of all, I've just had so much joy this year having mm. Libby to share this with because mm. I've been on my own as a widowed solo mum for a really long time. So to have someone to set mm. goals with and achieve mm. things with has just been such Magic. a, oh, it's just made my life. Mm-hmm. But for me, you know, it was just like, and this happens regularly, but spontaneously yesterday afternoon, me and my two kids were just out on the daybed, just out here, mm. you know, doing our own thing, but we were just together and just yeah. knowing that we don't need anything else. We were just sitting out there, the three of us together, hanging out. That That's, that's just it. the best thing for me mm. in life. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's such, I mean, it's such a hard question to kind of... Um, because there's so many moments. It's funny because I spent most of my life building towards big moments, Mm -hmm. such big moments. And that was how I lived my life, you know, and I still kind of feel like I live in this like weird four-year cycle where I'm like working towards as though I'm still in the Olympiad mindset. (laughs) But um, I mean, I the like the literal realisation on the weekends that I am whole <laughs> was like, it's hard to express how mm. magic that feeling is because mm. it makes you realize that you can do anything or you can do nothing for the rest yes. of your life. And yes. there's so much power in that. There's yeah. so much power. I get to choose what I do, not because I need to prove myself. It's not because I need to be the best in the world to be worthy of love or to be valued as a, as a person in this world. I can do mm. it because I love it. Mm. And that's, I mean, that's magic. Absolute magic. Freeing. It's freeing. It's massively freeing. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I, just like Paula, you know, there are these moments <clears throat> where you just, 
with your kids and, you know, Bronte's just chopped her fringe off. <laughs> which has also brought me no end of joy to be oh, fair me like. Too. like how did she literally find scissors anywhere like I don't even know how she gets these scissors all of the time I'm putting them out of reach I swear <laughs> um but you know she cuts her hair off and like that is hilarious to me yeah. <laughs> so it's so yeah. fun mm. and so silly and mm. like they're it's the spending that time with those who love you and who you love in return and being in that energy and you know like Paul like to be able to share this experience with her is again literal magic because Mm. it just feels fun and Mm. you know it's work like we've worked our ass off this year we're very tired Mm. but don't doubt it yeah it's but it's also not work. You know? mm. I don't want to be super cliche and it's like if you find something that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm. But also. Yeah, because you're right, it's both. We've worked extremely hard, but sometimes we'll just be in hysterics <laughs> of laughter going, how is this our job now? Yeah. 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 As I have been today on the podcast talking about the clitoris because we're just going yeah, back to that. Absolutely. Um, and I may have also completely forgotten what my own podcast is about because we do sell the survival stories of blood product recipients to thank donors and to encourage people to donate blood, plasma, platelets, or breast milk. And we also tell the stories of blood donors. And I know that you guys have made blood donation a priority um, as something that you are offering your platforms through coming on the podcast today to promote, um, but also to doing blood donations yourselves. So thank you so much. We really, really appreciate that. Um, And part of the reason I asked those questions about those quiet moments Mm -hmm. is the only reason that our family gets to have those quiet, beautiful moments is because of Australian blood donors. Mm -hmm. So Marley wouldn't still be alive without plasma donors. Mm -hmm. Um, For three and a half years now, they have been um life preserving for her but also life-saving every time she has an acute relapse of autoimmune encephalitis um she will be dependent on plasma infusion for the rest of her life it's not regular infusions at the moment it just depends where she's up to but there has been times where we're in hospital for three days out of every 10 days Mm. having plasma infusion um and that's the only reason that she's still alive so Mm. hearing critical blood shortage to me is terrifying because i don't know if there's a product not there for her if we get to stay together as a family um and you know i think people understand that you know blood donors save people's lives there's not as as much emphasis put on the fact that they can improve quality of life um, or preserve life for that little bit longer for people you know especially in stage cancer patients and stuff sometimes it's those platelets that allow them to say goodbye to the people that they love and make decisions about their end of their lives that they may not otherwise be able to do so um blood donors are just the most phenomenal people and all the scientific advances in the world and all the best doctors in the world that looked at Molly's case you know no one has been able to come up for a cure for her but it's Australian plasma donors that keep our family together and allow us those magical moments like you guys were talking about before so thank you so much for being part of this community and this movement. Um, It means the absolute world to us. And I really hope that Molly gets some of the plasma from one of you, simply if it just makes her a bit funnier, because I have had an absolutely (laughs) beautiful time with you both today. (laughs) Okay, it's been magic. And like, again, like, you should really be incredibly proud of what you've built with this community and this movement and this podcast. 
you're helping an untold amount of people with the work that you're doing. And yeah, I hope you have a quiet moment today to really reflect and acknowledge yeah. efforts and your passion for, for doing this. So. Mm. Yeah. And I just, I, I'm actually due to go back again. So it's probably been, what is it, three months it must be, because I thought yeah. it was when the thing came through. And I just want to like tell anyone listening to this, it is actually such a simple thing to go and do, which is why I sort of choose to do it as my kind of good service to the world, because mm. it's not hard. They make it so easy yeah. to give blood these days, but people just don't stop. Yeah. and get off the you know the busyness of life to just go and do something simple and yeah. something we've put in our rise up programs yeah. is um <clears throat> an active service because it's something that mm. if you're not feeling good about yourself go and do something, something for, for someone. someone else and yeah. for me, that's always giving blood i just yeah. think that's such a simple thing that yes, you can do exactly no one needs to know about it just rock up give blood have a packet of chips for free. Yeah, and know that <laughs> and you're making a biscuit. And know that you're making a massive difference. And you make a milkshake, maybe, you know, given that this podcast is called Milkshake Somali, maybe have a milkshake. Yes, <laughs> exactly right. Have a milkshake. Have a milkshake. <laughs> thank you for amazing ladies. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. No worries. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad we got here. When I first came up with the concept for this podcast, it was just as Libby's podcast, All That Glitters, was gaining momentum. I called messaged her on Instagram and told her our story and asked for her advice and support. And she has been so kind and generous and encouraging with her advice. Um, and I'm just so thrilled to see what comes next for her and Paula through Unlocking Her Potential and Beyond. I'll pop a link to Libby's book and podcasts and Unlocking Her Potential in the show notes. Nothing feels more Australian, like the modern demonstration of mateship, than donating blood or breast milk and this product being used to keep another Australian alive. Our daughter is still alive today because of this incredible selfless gift and it is my privilege to create a space for others to tell their stories and to give thanks. This episode was written and hosted by me, Kate Fisher. Today's guests were Paula Hindle and Libby Trickett from Unlocking Her Potential. Audio production by my hubby and Marley's dad, Jeff. To make an appointment to donate blood, please call 13 14 95. Our lifeblood team is called Milkshakes for Mali, and we have donors from all over Australia. So please join us and add your donation to our team tally. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Just a note to let you know that it is school holidays um, and we are taking a break for one week um, so that we can be really present with our kids during the school holidays and I would encourage everybody else to do the same and to do something special for you and your family. Um, but in the meantime, if you know anyone who has a story that they would like to share, please nominate guests who you would like me to interview by DMing me through the Milkshakes for Molly Instagram page. And as always, please rate, share, review and send this episode to a friend. I will leave the final word to Molly. Thank you for my prisma.